Hey everybody, welcome to the show with Jesse Williams, my husband. Today's show is brought to you by Pack Racing Springs. Pack Racing Springs has over a hundred years of made in the USA quality spring technology under their belt. Not only do they have superior spring technology, but they also now house a full service shock shop. Uh, Chris Berger actually did a podcast with him where we talked about how to choose the right spring kit for your side-by-side and how to eventually get your shocks tuned and valved the way that they need to be. Um, This doesn't exclude their one-to-one names such as Timmy Cameron, Lauren Healy. They also use their springs in the one-to-one cars. Obviously, those are the two two of the most competitive drivers out there. Um, Pack Racing Springs has spring kits for the side-by-sides. Their Trail Series package kits. Um, I actually run on my two-seater. That car was being built as an endurance car, and I got the primary kit that they recommended for being able to do racing as well as a little bit of weekend trail riding. And I can tell you right now that that kit is... uh, had to go outside. My kid was running downstairs. Uh, but that kit right there, uh, it's great, man. It's great. I've put almost 300, 350 miles on it. It's super stable where it needs to be stable, stiff when it needs to be stiff. And the best part too is it's comfortable. Um, having a true dual rate kit on your car um, is everything. And I've been doing a little bit more research on the whole tender spring thing, what have you. And what the kit does is it actually converts your car into a true dual rate uh, where you have the softer spring on top. What the tender is, you know, supposed to do, eh, it's up for debate, you know, whether it's supposed to keep tension on the lower spring or actually be a spring rate. Either way, the dual rate spring is going to give you, uh, or the dual rate spring kit is going to give you the, the ride that you're looking for. Uh, soft in the uh, big rocky stuff, but when you're on that straightaway, and you really need to soak up a bump it's nice and firm and it'll keep you planted Uh, another thing no suspension kit is complete without doing a full sway bar series and their schroeder series of sway bars uh, are awesome their trailhawk series of sway bars are awesome as well Um, i don't have personal experience with those but big names like i said like a timmy cameron lauren healy they run their entire systems Uh, steven rogers had their system for those sway bars on there and Obviously, with a successful season from him in the UTV class, um, they don't play games. They're the real deal, and they actually offer the listeners of the show 10% off with coupon code ROR at checkout on the website. But what I would highly recommend is I would recommend that you uh, take a chance and give them a call and just tell them what you have going on. Um, Their customer support is unparalleled, and that's what I really love doing business with them. Um, I had a couple guys reach out to me this week, and uh, I got to expedite the customer service process for them. So um, anything you guys would ever need, if there's ever anything going on, feel free to give me a shout, and I'll always relay it back to the sponsors of the show. But Pack Racing Springs has been awesome to deal with on my end. I have nothing but positive things to say about them infinite off-road is actually the another sponsor we have on the show um infiniteoffroad.com let me tell y'all i've been dealing with mike and his team uh since 2013 and i've never had an issue out of their light bars never had an issue with shipping or anything like that uh the tires that i ordered from them they're super hard to find uh they're the pro armor super stickies uh but most importantly obviously being a lighting company is all the infinite off-road brand material um it's just awesome it comes with this crazy 25 year you break it they fix it warranty that's nuts y'all like 
it even covers accidental damage, which, you know, it kind of gets glossed over, but I've seen trucks that have been totaled and their light bar, you know, has been smashed up in the wreck. And then, uh, Mike will go out and warranty that light bar because it's a no questions asked accidental coverage of damage. Um, it covers everything. So it's really, really great. Infinite off-road. They have mirrors with lights in them, light bars, light pods, wheel rings, most importantly, rock lights, and they have LED whips and all the things, the bells and whistles that come with those devices. Uh, the mounting for their rock lights, i got to give a big shout out to them because they seem to be the only people that have it really figured out. Um, the mounting for your Razor, your Can-Am, your Kawasaki, whatever you're running these days, uh, super easy to the frame, gets it up, tucked up out underneath the way, no rocks are going to hit it, and you're going to get the craziest, widest, brightest patterns. Uh, really got a lot of love for those guys. Another sponsor is All Things UTV. Shout out to Dustin Robbins. Um, you'll hear in this week's episode that I'm actually watching the Ultra 4 uh, qualifying as we were recording it. I watched Dustin Robbins go, uh, another guy that's just absolutely awesome. Those of you who listen from the Facebook groups, y'all know that he's a super nice guy. Uh, he's always ready to answer questions and he has some of the top of the line products, specifically everything that the previous sponsors don't carry. Uh, all things UTV is it wheels, tires, axles, RS one diffs, you know, uh, accessories in terms of seats, uh, seat bags, door bags, uh, harnesses, it literally every part of the vehicle that isn't covered by the other two. Um, Dustin's your guy. Uh, all things UTV has been an awesome sponsor of the show. Um, I have again, nothing but positive things to say about them. They do an excellent job of customer service as well. Um, again, customer service, if you're a regular listener, those are the most important things to me is how people are going to treat other people. So again, nothing but positive things to say about all things UTV. Uh, when you go and order from them, they've got crazy deals on tires all the time. That seems to be the thing where it really gets people in the door uh, and their tuners and, and they have a variety of different products. But uh, tell them Racing on the Rocks sent you and uh, you know, we'll see, see, see how they uh, treat you. You'll be a return customer for sure. Um, today on the show, we have the long-awaited uh, DC. Man, this guy, people warned me about this guy in terms of uh, the bleep button, but man, he was uh, surprisingly uh, restrained or unsurprisingly restrained for those who know him. But man, uh, I got a lot of, a lot of love for this podcast because we just talk about you know a little bit of everything, talk about how to drive, talk about cars, talk about you know just a little bit of everything. I really enjoyed it, and uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, DC Thompson. Quick little side note here before we get the episode started, wherever you're listening, specifically if you have an Apple iPhone um, or a Mac or anything like that, if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, that goes a really long way for us. Uh, five stars if you love it and five stars if you hate it. Um, just go leave us a review. It really helps us get more traction, help us get noticed. The more notice we get, the better interviews that we get. So thanks, everybody. Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us, and let's talk about racing on the rocks. DC, how you doing, my friend? All right, buddy. Good, good. It's good to hear from you. I'm glad that we could finally connect. I know we've had a little bit of uh, scheduling, but... I can tell you this. I say I feel like I say this every episode. Um, when I when I told when I told people that you were going to be on the show, um, people were really excited. Yeah, I seen some of the comments. <laughs> I hope you got the beat, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and uh, for those listening, I have a little bit of like that traveling cough. I got back from a honeymoon, and I'll uh, try not to cough right into the microphone. But, um, yeah, man, I'm I'm ready. And like I said beforehand, uh, you can say whatever you want. Uh, no one's in charge here except for me, and I don't have to make anybody happy except for myself. So um, do what you want. But uh, what we'll do is uh, I don't really know a whole lot about you, I'll be honest with you. Um, it's kind of one of those things that I get to meet new people every time I do an episode. Um, so tell me about yourself. What do you do? What do you like to do outside of off-roading? Um, what, what don't you like? Uh, you know, just tell us a little bit about yourself outside the racing scene. Oh, man. Uh, see, I'm 31 years old. Uh, got two two little girls. I got an eight-year-old, a two-year-old going on three. Uh, she'll be three here here shortly, and uh, me and my girl, we've been together for about eleven years, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like to ride, I like to ride bicycles when I get a chance to. Now, do you uh, like to like road bike or mountain bike? Uh, Twenty-inch BMX bikes. Oh, oh, actually, you know, somebody did mention that to me. Uh, they told me that you were pretty good. Uh, did you, like, ever go pro or ha- have the opportunity to? No, man. I never went pro. Uh, I just, not here. I've been riding 20, been riding BMX bikes for, I don't know, 20, 24 years, something like that. Yeah, dude, that's crazy, man. Uh, do you still go out there? I mean, are you still doing that right now? Man, I actually rode for the first time. I think it's been about a year now, so I broke my pelvis last summer. Ooh. And, uh, so I rode the first time the other day, like this past Sunday, and I've been sore all week. Yeah, I was about to say, it sounds like something that, uh, so I, I'm 24, I'm about to turn 25, and it seems like, you know, everybody, you know, my knees start hurting, my elbows, my everything starts hurting, and I start feeling stuff the next day, and everybody's like, oh, wait till you get older, and I'm like, well, damn, I won't be able to do anything <laughs> because it, it hurts, man. Man, you, you, I know it. That's <laughs> kind of why I got into got into this Ranger thing a little bit, man. I just got tired of being hurt all the time, walking around limping. Yeah. You know, just something broke. Yeah, yeah I'll tell you. You can break. Yeah, I'm, trust me. In BMX, I believe it. A lot of the uh, motocross guys, too, man, I see, I mean, y'all break wrists, y'all break ankles, and those are like some of the most inconvenient things to break. And with you breaking your pelvis, like how does that even happen? <laughs> Man, I, I don't know. I got knocked out with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow, yeah. I, <laughs> that's wild, man. Yeah, I was in, I was in Austin, Texas. I had ride some of the biggest biggest jumps in the in the United States down there. And I, I used to go down there a lot when back in the day and. Went down there to get my clutches tuned on my ra- uh, my razor by Russell Coker, and he lives uh, about an hour hour and a half north of Austin, Texas. And uh, so I just made my, made a trip down to to ride down there. And like I said, we used to go a lot when I was younger, and so I showed up down there, and uh, I I didn't even have a BMX bike outside the truck; it was in the back seat. 
had my razor on the trailer and I'm pull up to these famous trails down there and these guys are like, hey, you can't bring that thing in here, you know? I'm like, oh man, I thought y'all were going to let me rip this razor on your junk, you know? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> They're like, you know, I'm, they had boots on and shit and, yeah. and, uh, I'm like, man, can I ride one of y'all's bikes, you know? Cause y'all sure I can't get that razor off the trailer? You cut out on there. Oh, yeah. I had my, my, just my boots on, you know, and you know, I, was, I was trying to get them guys to let me get my razor off the trailer and ride their jets. You know, <laughs> they, they're all, they're all shovel built, well sculpted, you know, just amazing jumps down there, you know, so they're like, yeah, man, you can't get that razor off the trailer over here. We're going to whoop your ass. <laughs> that's that's awesome man uh so let me ask you this um we'll just go ahead and dive right into the whole racing idea um what got you started because i kind of caught wind of you let me, let me phrase it this way um i'm a little new to the guys who have been in the sport for a while and i'm new to the guys who um you know it seems like your reputation precedes you so i am just learning everybody's reputations who they are and you know what they're known for and uh with your uh buggy you've got right now that's like the first that i saw of you um and, and just now getting into the scene um i see that you're you like you have a personality and i love it and uh, i want to know how did you get into you know the razor scene you know you started in bmx does, how did it go from bmx to razors well, I, I started racing before BMX. BMX was kind of my, what I fell back onto. Like, I used to, you know, neighborhood kid ride around, jump all the jumps in the neighborhood, you know, on a BMX bike. Yeah. Yeah, yeah then, that's awesome. That's like, what, what kid didn't grow up doing that? Yeah, right? And, and then I moved, I moved away from, you know, my mom and everything and moved in with my, my father. And, um, we started racing go karts. Okay. And uh, so that was I was probably like eight, eight nine, and um, I raced go karts for. Uh, about four or five years, and uh, was really good at it, and had some nice sponsorships and everything. My dad worked for um, J Mart Express over in Searcy, Arkansas, mm-hmm. and. Um, which is uh, Julian Martin. That was Mark Martin's dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, just kind of, hell, man, we we did we did good at it. We went to the Tulsa Shootout and, and placed real good and everything. And now this is uh, dirt track go karts, right? Yes, yes. So my uh, my newly uh, for those who are regular listeners, uh, I got married last weekend, so that's real exciting. But um, my new uh, father-in-law. He and his son, uh, they do the dirt track go-karts. And, man, those things, first off, it's an extremely competitive sport. I had no idea that there was so much competition and that it was such a prevalent sport. But those things can scoot, man. It's pretty they're pretty fun to watch. Oh, yeah. You know, we our, our mentality, I guess, we were outlaws anyway. So, we, you know, I was underweight and had all kind of lead piled up. You know, racing unrestricted class, and you know, I was racing grown men out there just roasting them, man. And yeah, 
Yeah. When we pulled up to the track, everybody's like, damn. You know, we, we had nice big 36 foot trailer all decaled out and everything immaculate inside of it. And so, you know, when my father passed away, I moved in with my grandmother and, you know, they just couldn't afford that stuff. So I started riding bicycles again. Yeah. So, when did yeah. you make the jump to, uh, side by sides? Man, I, uh, I bought a Maverick, a Can Am Maverick, when they first came out back in 2013. And, uh, I had like the third one. I had the third one ever, ever. That's wild, man. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, uh, you know, I just, that's how I got started. So I bought Maverick trail riding and everything and then realized, you know, I had to have a razor. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be a lesson that people learn pretty quick unless you're Paul Wolf. Yeah, right. Well, he, he come, he come in at the right time. Yeah, he did. He did. Those, you know, it's funny though, the more that I kind of go back and do research on everybody, um, I know a bunch of people that started with those Mavericks, uh, cause my buddies, they all started with the, you know, 800 Razor and kind of went to the S and, and had the whole progression. But it seems like quite a few people started in that Can-Am group. And obviously, eventually switched over to the Razor. But uh, that initial K&M, apparently, it was pretty good. I mean, there's pictures of Paul Wolf, um, you know, doing backflips and whatnot. And uh, apparently, it was a pretty good machine. Yeah, I don't. It wasn't good for what I wanted to do. I know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, well, let me tell you this. Well, why don't we just go ahead and jump into it? Because uh, the car you've got right now um, is. When what year was your the car you're racing right now the buggy? What year was it built? Because it's pretty new, isn't it? Yeah, I built it over the winter last winter. Okay, that's what I thought. I I'd, I had seen like kind of the the reveal video, and uh, I thought it was pretty pretty recent. But um, tell me a little bit about that the buggy you're racing right now. You don't have to go too far in depth, but give me a little highlight of what parts you're running, who built your chassis, um, what do you like about it, what don't you like about it? Uh, I built the chassis. It's got a Skinny pedal fab lower. Um, built the chassis. Um, it's got KB3 drive line. It's got a stock motor with the wow. turbo on it. Is there uh, any kind of tune or anything on there? Yeah, I'm running DW tunes, DW okay. performance. Um, torque locker in the front end. It's locked up. Mm-hmm. Yep, shout out to the guys at Torque. Or- let me phrase. Shout out to Cora at Torque. There we go. Yeah, Cora is awesome. She's she's awesome. So so it's KB3 drive line drive shaft. Uh, mm-hmm. That got a DC billet disc with a torque spool in it. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing I can get to hold up. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, that's that needs to be the weak link for sure. Stock transmission, um, unfortunately. <laughs> If it's held up this long, I mean, is it really that unfortunate? Because, I mean, once we get into this and we get talking, anybody that listens and knows, you know, you're not easy on equipment, it looks like. <laughs> if it's I've held up through, this long. <laughs> I've been through eight transmissions this year. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I mean, you oh, know, it's, it, it is what it is. Though. I mean, I can't get, can't get them to hold up, man. You know, it's just. Ripping the ears off the back and ripping yeah. whole root chunks off of them. 
Well, I mean, is there a real solution? I know, I think, what is it, Super ATV that makes the billet transmission, but, I mean, I know you can cryo-treat it and all that fun stuff, but is anybody really having, like, bomb-proof transmissions in these things yet? No, uh, I don't, I'm not sure, you know, they got that TCP, got that billet transmission, mm-hmm. but it's same gearing, same, same stock gearing inside. Um, and, I mean, the cases that they make probably bomb-proof, I'm sure it's, it's nice. Mm-hmm. And that's really my issue with cases. Yeah, well, there you and go. Uh, get, you, uh, yeah. get you one of those billet cryo-treated cases, and it sounds like you'd be in good shape. Four forty-five hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, I, w- I will tell you this. I will always advise somebody to get the nicest things that they can buy, but that's not the budget I'm dealing with. So I, I don't blame anybody. <laughs> if I get forty-five hundred bucks at one time, I guarantee you I can't drop it all on that. Yeah, no, I understand. Well, hey, any sponsors that are listening, anybody listening right now, you want to make a, a healthy donation to a to a racer? There's a wish list right there. Right. Yeah. So you got that car going right now. Um, obviously, you know, we can just go ahead and jump into uh, the waterfall, like the waterfall uh, as, at the Southern Rock Racing Series race. Um, that was a beast of a ledge. And, you know, you obviously were the only person to climb it, and you did this heroic, you know, basically launch into outer space. What's going through your head when you're sitting down at the bottom of that hill? Well... I really didn't know. I tell, I'll tell you how. I'll tell you how it happened. Okay. So I was sitting there. We, you know, we 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 played on that ledge for the Bounty Hill series, the SRS Bounty Hill series last year, mm-hmm. and nobody could make it up. And I kind of knew what it was about already because I had been on it. So we're sitting there looking at it for what reason I don't know because it's pretty much impossible. Yeah. And I was I was they they called us to our bikes and uh, I was walking away and Anthony Young was like, Hey, dude, I think you can jump it, man, if you just commit. I was like, Man, I've been I don't know, dude. It's um. Pretty gnarly. I've been jumping stuff for a long time, and I don't think you can make it. That's one of those. That's one of those seventy percent chances I don't make it. You know. Yeah. And uh, he's like, "No, dude, I think you can. If you hit it right here." So I got down where he was pointing at and kneeled down, and I looked at it and stared it down for a little bit, and uh, walked down to the bike. I kind of had it in my head. I was like, "Man, I'm gonna chicken out." when I pull up there on it. <laughs> but I said, well, if I do, if I do decide to do it, I probably want to be pretty stiff. Yeah. So I just went down there and I cranked everything on hard on my shots and and uh, I got to watch one person go, I think. And maybe two people go. I got to watch two people and then I got in there and pulled up on, onto it and pulled up Pulled up on the line that he pointed out, and I backed up and tightened up the belt, and my legs started shaking a little bit, and <laughs> you know, and I, I flat footed it and let it go, and and actually, I think I would have made it the first time I hit it, huh? and uh, I 
my bike had been having some issues the last few races. And, uh, I finally checked into Okay. Okay. That's good. And to then, know. you know, 
after that, you're out, or if time limit expires, you're out. But so, so, so you, you hit this waterfall, and and you know the first time you don't make it, the second time you make it. When you you know feel your the your back tires come over the back side of that hill, what's going through your mind? Uh, I was I was I don't know I was I guess I was relieved I didn't didn't flip again. Yeah. <laughs> the first yeah. kind of the first little lick hurt there kind of. Um, it goes back to one thing when you said that I didn't like about the chassis mm-hmm. is when I built it. I, I guess I put my dash a little close to my legs. Ooh. So every time I flip that thing, man, I got hurt shins for like a week or so. Damn. Yeah. That that would uh that'd be a really really just bad way to to have you know you're smack in the middle of a race you flip over not only that but your legs are hurting you now uh, that's a bad spot right there. Yeah, they, they, my, my damn calves my, or my shins hurt for <laughs> oh, oh like a, I don't know it's been two months now they've been hurt. I oh kept, man. I kept I hit that waterfall and then yeah. like a couple of weeks later me and Paul got into each other on that knockout race. Yeah, we're going to talk about that too. In, in fact, we can we can kind of wrap up the the waterfall. You know, at the end of that day, how'd you feel? What what was your takeaway from the waterfall? I didn't hit it like a bitch. Didn't hit it like a bitch. Okay, so we got to we got to talk about it because uh, that's apparently your world famous speech here. Uh, I need I need you know what happens when you go up there? What's going through your mind? I mean, obviously you didn't hit it like a bitch and you made it over. Uh, but tell me a little bit about it because I mean. Is that something that you think people drive like, or what? What is it? No, uh, no. Like you talking about the don't hit it like a bitch beat? Yeah. No, it's not what I think people drive like. I just it's, it goes back to me. It kind of goes back to that waterfall day, kind of, because you know I always mess with uh, uh yeah. I went blank. Uh, Bubba and Tim Bacon. Uh-huh. I'm I'm always messing with him and, and you know Bubba and Tim and everybody they've been close all year in points. Mm-hmm. And I always tell Bubba when he goes up to the line and he goes by me, hey man, he's like no bitch, he's good, man. <laughs> you know, do, you, do you think he'd ever give you credit for that? Because uh, he never does. He never hits it. He never. He always leaves it all out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love watching Bubba drive. You know and. I always like the when the underdog does better, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so that that's that's kind of where that originated from. And at the the day of the waterfall, I started telling everybody, you know, you know I was telling Bobby Tanner and and Tim and everybody's like, don't hit it like no bitch, man. Y'all got this. Y'all got way bigger buggies than I done jumped it, so don't hit it like a bitch. Okay, so this is after the fact. After you've made it, you know, you've made your buggies made it out. You got the confidence and you got the pride for it. So you're just showing it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, big old buggies and shit, nobody can make it. And I was like, man, come on now, don't hit it like a bitch. <laughs> and, and I, hey, I give credit to Bobby. He, you know, he, he didn't. He just didn't, yeah. he just got unlucky, but. I don't know if he aimed it at that rock or what, but he sure went head on to it. So. Yeah, he did. Was he was he okay, like physically okay? Because, I mean, I know you said you rolled, you hurt your shins. Rocks like that, when you flip over, they're really unforgiving on that chassis, and that goes all into the body. Did he end up, like, having any kind of issues or anything after that? No, man. That's perfectly good, but he wouldn't know about it. 
Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. But uh, yeah, man, that was uh, that was one of the topics that that uh, I have. I've had multiple people message me and say, "Hey, man, get the backstory on this because uh, we gotta we, we want to know." Yeah, that's, that's kind of where did it come from, and you know, and just kind of carried it over into that that benefit there, or that the award ceremony. They yeah. gave me the uh, wildest run of 2019 award. And, uh, Zach just happened to be standing, standing right there when I got the award and I kind of snatched the microphone and just don't hit it, don't hit it like a bitch and handed him the microphone back. <laughs> That's got to be speech of the year. <laughs> I wasn't sure if Clive got mad about it or upset, but I mean, everybody kind of got a laugh, I thought, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it, I'm sure it went either way, but, uh, that's that's awesome, man. I uh, I applaud it. I know um, that weekend, that moment, everybody goes and watches the videos of you shooting up that hill. That's the most lively I've seen a crowd in a long, long time. Because that was a uh, that was like a victory for everybody, you know. Yeah, yeah, unconquered, you know. So, do you get to name the hill or name the waterfall? I guess. Yeah, uh, I named it the Headache Falls. <laughs> that's fitting. <laughs> no. Oh boy, was supposed to. I guess the owner he was supposed to put a street sign up there or something and, and get back with me when he did it, but I hadn't heard anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll somebody out there will follow up with him and uh, they'll send me a picture and I'll uh, I'll get it over to you. But uh, after the waterfall, you have a uh, how how soon was knockout racing? It was a couple weeks after, right? Yeah, I think it was the not the following week. It was the, yeah two. But the next weekend, yeah. Okay, so you get a chance to to, to catch a break. You give your, give your shins a break from getting beat on again. Uh, so you have this knockout race. You know, everybody, again, shout out to all the guys who do media, all the pictures, all the videos. Um, everything we talk about is always out there. But uh, you and Paul Wolf go head-to-head in this knockout racing. Um, first thing, what do you think about knockout? Obviously, you had a little bit of fun doing it. But what are your thoughts on, you know, just the whole system? Do you want to see it more? Do you want to see it less? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I like the knockout racing. Um, I'm more of a a wheel-to-wheel. You know, racing the clock and whatnot. Wheel-to-wheel is way more exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the battle. Yeah, yeah. It sounds uh, – so let me ask you this. You have knockout racing. Would you would you be interested in doing like the endurance or a short course type thing? Uh man, I'm good at short course. You know, oh, yeah? I, just, I just don't have the. It's hard to double duty the chassis, you know. Yeah, yeah. They're built for built for one thing, going up hills, and it's man, it's, it's just hard to double duty them. Yeah, I, I definitely understand, and uh, you know, as someone who uh, I'm actually. Uh, I don't know if anybody saw. I know some of the listeners saw. I actually, uh, I, I bought Anthony Yant's car. Right, okay, uh, yeah. Giveaway, however you want to phrase it here. Uh, we had a little discussion about how we wanted to phrase it. But, um, yeah, I got I got Anthony's car for the RS1. And yeah. uh, I am real excited to race next year. Um, it looks like I'm not going to make the November 8th endurance for those listening. Um, I found out that safety gear is like, a ton of money. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously it's important, but good lord, it's expensive. Um, Man, so, I, I, uh, I, I did that. Simpson does 
offers financing. Mm-hmm. And I bought all Simpson stuff, and hell, it's like five hundred bucks, and you get your stuff, and then you have like a year to pay it out, no interest. That's not bad. It's not a bad idea. And, I mean, I... It, it was only my helmet, my suit, my harness thing, or my Hans, mm-hmm. the, the hybrid sport. I bought, we got shoes. It was like it was it was a little over two thousand, maybe like twenty two hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do they do offer financing on it if it's you know a route you would want to take or something. Yeah, I, uh, I, had, I had to. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to get that much money at one time. Yeah, trust me, I'm aware. <laughs> yeah, uh, let me just phrase and say I'm not immune to any of that. So uh, I'll definitely look into it. But we just. Uh, we just finished up paying for the wedding and the and all the other things that go along with that. So, um, living the living the, the ramen noodle life for a little while, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, so you have that side by side. Now they had that race at Mine Made. Is that correct? Uh, the knockout. Yes, yes. Yeah. So what is? I mean, I don't think I've had anybody on the show that has specifically talked about Mine Made. Um, do they have like bounty hills and all that kind of fun stuff, or is it just that knockout hill? Man, I, I I don't know. Okay. I, I didn't get to ride the park or anything. Uh, just not my man. Like I said, it's hard double doing the bike. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Usually, when I go trail riding or something, or just get out, man, I, I'm I'm rough on the rough on the bike. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. I can't help like it. <laughs> I, I can't help it. I gotta, you know. <laughs> So I've kind of, I've kind of, kind of learned to go to the race, you know, and and race first, and then go do something if I ain't broke from the race. Now, do you do you, I, have, uh, do you have another razor that you trail right in? No. Uh, okay. I got, I, I got, got this I, one. I tell you what, man. I had a, uh, I had a rock bouncer for about a year and a half, and uh, I used to. My buddies really like doing long distance rides at Windrock and Brimstone and all that. And we would do like six or seven hours, and I would take my dang rock bouncer uh, on these, you know, 14, 15-hour ride days. And, man, it was the worst because not only, like, they're not made to ride on trails. Like, they're not made for comfort, you know. It's not really that that goal. So I'd get in that thing, and by the end of the day, I'd want to sell it. I was so tired of getting beat up. I was covered in mud because I had no fenders. I had nothing. I was just pissed off. But uh, so I understand the hesitation and the fact that you got to build it for what it's built for, you know. You got a purpose yeah. in mind. Sorry, and, and I, I I love that too, man. I, we used to, you know, I've had I guess a couple bikes now, four or five, and you know we we just go to Wind Rock and do that too. We we'd go on a Thursday and we'd mm-hmm. we'd leave Sunday and we'd clock four or five hundred miles of double black diamonds, you know. Yeah, yeah, we. Uh, we do we do a lot of exploring. Like we try to see all the we've we've done the long distance trips like five or six times, and uh, we tried to hit all the hot spots. And I think this one we're going to start at Royal Blue, ride to the penitentiary, have dinner, and then ride do a night ride back to Royal Blue. So it should be. Uh, I think we're going to end up doing something almost like a hundred miles. So um, hopefully it works out. But yeah, you can knock down some mileage out there quick, and you can also oh, yeah. get some real nasty stuff. You know, and you're out in the middle of nowhere. Oh yeah, I used to love that man. Everybody, we'd go and you know I, I always let, led our group for mm-hmm. for some reason. I guess I don't know. <laughs> and uh, they need somebody to blame. That's why. 
And I, I, you know, that's all I like riding when I go there is double black. I, I could care less about the gravel road shit, you know. And if it's not black, we ain't on it. Uh, we, if we if we're going somewhere, we might use gravel road. But, you know, we're headed to a black. That's uh, that's that's pretty interesting. I'd, I'd love to come ride with y'all because my my group we uh, we're out there with a the family. We got <laughs> we got the wife in the back or the wife in the passenger seat, kids in the back, dogs in the back. We're out there pretty much doing gravel road at thirty forty miles an hour, and then we'll, you know we may drop into a, a red or a black or something like that, but. Uh, that's 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 never the goal, but man, I sure would love to come watch y'all. <laughs> yeah, well, I, so, I always let it. I always, I'm gonna I'm gonna break somebody. You know, that's my yeah. goal. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay together, and everybody else is gonna be broke. Yeah, that's. Uh, so we're hitting, you know, we're hitting all the hard stuff, and and then everybody, you know, I like when they start bitching. Oh, we're turning around. We're going back. Okay, turn around, see. And then they, well, I didn't realize we just come down that. You know, I was like, yeah, man, you just keep going, dude, you know. You don't realize what you come down when you <laughs> get chicken out and got to go back. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's for sure, man. Uh, but that's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's actually kind of funny. I'm sitting here with you, and um, I've got the uh, the Ultra 4 live stream going in the background, and uh, Anthony Yance on the, on the start line right now, so shout out to him. But uh, back to what you were saying, you have the knockout racing. You know, how did you and Paul Wolf get into it? Uh, like not like in a negative way by any means, but y'all were right there. Y'all were right on each other. What happened at the top there where it caused, you know, it looked like y'all just ran straight into each other, but only one person flipped. What happened? Man, I think our, I think his front tire hit my front tire. Okay. And when, the, you know, just the tires, the tires spinning, they were spinning the same direction, but when they hit from back and mine's in front, it mine gripped his tire and it, it just pulled me down that direction. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. just I mean, that's the only thing I can see because yeah, I don't know how else it would have happened. Yeah, yeah. So who ended up winning that day? Uh, Paul ended up winning, but I won that race, and that was the <laughs> that was the semifinals. That was the I was going straight to the final after that race, and I won that race. I don't see how I didn't get third. Yeah. Where'd you end up placing then? I don't even know. Not on the podium. Wow. That's pretty, that's interesting. You know, it seems that if, you, if you're going to win that race, of all the races, it seems like you'd definitely uh, be in the top for sure. Yeah, because that was in my final race, and that was going to put me straight to the final. And then Paul would have went to the loser bracket and would have had to battle out with Travis and Cash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I couldn't go. I couldn't go anymore. It, it broke my transmission. Oh, there it is. One of the eight, right? Yeah, yeah. Man. And not only that, but I mean, when I built my chassis, uh, the way I power drove it into the ground right there, it pushed the front end over from trailing arm tabs to the lower. A arm back tab was ten inch different. Ooh. It pushed the front end over that much. Yikes! How do you fix that? <laughs> oh shit! I played on it with a frame machine for a couple of days, and then had to take it all apart and get it over on the, my welding table and ratchet bind it and use some heat and cut a few tubes and, and you know just kind of had to rebuild the rebuild the front end on a little bit. 
Yeah, that's that's you know that sucks to have to do that towards you know almost the end of the season. But you have the knockout race. Um, we'll go ahead and we'll jump to the finals of the year. Um, I didn't get to. I, I still haven't because uh, got married, went to Jamaica, came back just now. I haven't watched any of the videos from the finals yet. Um, and I also, you know, I, I know who placed where and what have you. But uh, give me the give me the lowdown of finals. What happened? Um, what was fun? What wasn't fun? How'd you do? What'd you think? All that fun stuff. Uh, man, finals didn't go real well for me. Uh, first, my, we had four four runs. You know, it was a double points. It was uh, two runs on Friday, two runs on Saturday. Okay. And uh, first run Friday, for some reason, my power steering cut out on me about. Halfway through the run, we had a little jump. We'd, we'd, uh, come through the kudzu, hit this little step up jump and into a corner. And, uh, and I hit that jump. And when I landed, I lost power steering. And, is, that uh, a, is that a common thing that happens in, in buggies or with the turbo? I know the turbo S has an issue with it, but I mean, are you running that rack or like what? Why does the steering go out on those things like that? I don't, I don't know. Mine's not supposed to. I don't run any of the stock steering stuff. I got the e-power steering. It's not e-power steering though. It's, it's, you know, I can't afford $900 e-power steering. So I just do it mine. Yeah, I get that. You, you can go to, you can go to the junkyard and buy the Saturn View steering kit and get the little turn knob from e-power steering for a hundred bucks, spend 60 bucks at the junkyard and weld your shafts on it. And you got the same thing that he sells, but for, Eight hundred dollars cheaper. Yep. So yeah, that uh, that was going to be the route for my my car uh, had I not won the other one. <laughs> so mine's not supposed to cut out like that. I mean, it's uh, I'm not sure what happened other than like uh, we had we had rush at Pro uh, Race to Riches mm-hmm. and uh, I flipped down that hill there, tore my bike up pretty good. And, well, what, uh, what do you think about those hills there? I mean, was that too much for? Let me ask you: Were those were those hills, you know, not good hills to race on? No, I think I think Joey thought we could have made it, mm-hmm. and I think the hills were definitely makeable. It was it was the let's say how it was the timing, the the dryness of the hills, not having any rain. The, the way the, the clay is there, it was just breaking away so, so easily. It is like, like that little shelf clay is like, you know, um, ah, I think I, I have an good. idea what you're getting at. You know, it, it's where it, it's not like, uh, bikini bottoms type, you know, sandy, yeah. like where you're like a butterfinger, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, you know, and if they, if they would have had a good, uh, it did rain that morning, but it wasn't long enough. If it would have yeah. had a good good rain on them, like a um, couple of days before, mm-hmm. and they weren't breaking away so easy, I think the hills were definitely makeable. Mm-hmm. And um, it would have made some good hills, but unfortunately, you know, they sent everybody back down it. So it is what it is. Yeah. You can't. It's hard to pick a hill. I know it's getting to where everybody says it's getting that way, It's and I see it. I mean hard to pick a hill that's on the verge of unclimbable and too easy 
Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, I, I did an interview with Joey, and you know, we spent probably ten or fifteen minutes just talking about how do you pick the right hill, and you know, because you got to keep the spectators in mind, but at the same time, you got to keep the drivers in mind. You know, he, he said it's a pretty pretty hard moving target, and uh, Clyde too. I mean, everybody's. It feels like all of the organizations are doing something different in terms of, like, what is the ideal hill to climb. And, honestly, I think it's great because, you know, a little bit, you know, people are trying longer, more loose stuff over here, more rocks over here, you know, turnarounds over here. Uh, I think it's really good, and I think that, um, you know, it, it makes for, I mean, as a spectator, I consider myself a spectator, um, as a spectator, it's really entertaining to watch because I get to see a little bit something different every time y'all go race. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily like the longer hills. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, it's more flips back down to the bottom. But yeah. <laughs> so, what is your, what's your, you know, if you're going to go pick a hill to race, where you know, not necessarily where you're going to do the best, but what hill is going to make you the happiest to go run, where you're going to say, okay, this is a good hill to climb. Everybody has good competition. What's it, what's it look for you? Is it loose dirt? Is it, you know, dirty like turtle? Are you like so? Is it like a dirty turtle, muddy? Because it rains every time y'all have a race there. Um, is it just that kind of rock, or is it like a hawk pride kind of rock? I like hawk pride kind of rock, uh, bouldery, mm-hmm. wind rock, big rock. You know, uh, I, I like rock. rock yeah. Rock. So is that the kind of stuff when you go trail riding? Are those the kind of hills that you're going to hit just for fun too? I mean, is it the big yeah. technical climbs? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, see, I have a lot of guys who, uh, you know, it, it seems like my more traditional um, rock bouncing guys, that's what they love more than anything is those yeah. kind of technical big rocks. And uh, I think, you know, personally, I think we're seeing a lot more of the high horsepower hills where you just lay into it and, you know, there's some technical, there's a couple, maybe there's a turn or two and, uh, you know, maybe a couple jumps or flat sections. Uh, to me, that's the hills we're seeing now. And it's, Built for, I mean, it's built for a different kind of car. You know, those two hills that we're describing, they're built differently. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, 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 I'd rather race on a, a technical rock crawling course that's going to take you four to five. You know, it can't take too long, but you know, a hill that's going to take you a little time to figure out, and get over some stuff, get hung up. Mm-hmm. You know, and and figure it out versus something that's just a drag race out of the top. Yeah, and that's again. I think everybody's doing something a little different, and it's and it's cool to see. I don't know. Again, as a spectator, it's pretty cool to see everybody kind of doing their own thing. But uh, you know, I, I like the bounty series. You know, the bounty series the last couple of years were is, was kind of like that, and mm-hmm. you know now it's just hitting the the bouncer heels. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the bouncer heels are usually drag race heels too. So. Yeah. Now let me ask you this. Uh, I know the the Cup Series. I, I didn't realize this until about last year, and I've been following the sport for a while. Um, the Cup Series is more of that short course on the hill, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that? Uh. uh I don't know. It's Clyde's courses have always kind of been like that, and I, Clyde's courses are fun and. It, I think it's better for somebody that wants to get into the scene. They can, they don't have to have a chassis really to run Clyde's courses. I don't think they, some, some courses you could do better in a, in a full body. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think maybe that's one benefit of his courses 
would be, you know, just any random blow Joe could come and race, you know. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. The, the Cup Series, it goes into the ultimate, you know, factoring in terms of points and things, though, because you have the Bounty Series and then the Cup Series. Those both weigh into the final decision on, you know, podium day, right? No, they, for not for not for Cup. They don't like Cup okay. Series is Cup, and then the Bounty Series is its own own deal. Okay, so there's no like, uh, you know, they take, you know, say for example, uh, Joe Smith finishes first in both. There's not an overall winner. No. Okay, cool. See, that makes me feel better. That makes me feel a little bit better. I like that because if you're going to have both, that's great. Um, but I think that, you know, the guys who want to do bounty, let them do bounty and, you know, have clear winners for both. I think that's really neat. Yep, yep. So you have the, the finals. I kind of interrupted and diverted you a little bit. I apologize about that. Um, take me back to the finals. You know, you lost your power steering. What else went, what else happened? Nah, yeah. Lost about, lost power steering, man. I had a muscle through that, you know, and it, with a locked front end, torque locker, and I got a one five to one on the rack and the shock therapy rack, and then I got a two to one on my steering wheel. So I only turned my steering wheel seven to four, lock to lock. Ooh. So when you lose power steering on something that's like that, man, you can't steer it. It's you use yeah. the, you use the throttle to steer, and that's about it. I mean, there's no turning it. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And if you can turn it, you got some some big old arms. Um, you know, and so at the end of that run, I think it slowed me to a ninety-seven second run. And at the end of it, I was glad it was over because I was man, I was out of breath. I was fighting that thing down the hill, up the hill, whatever. So I, I but I come back down and and Zach Garner, he's like, man, what happened? Man, I can't turn it. And, and I, I hit the key, turned it back on, and, it, and the damn thing come back. So and I didn't have any problems with it the rest of the weekend. Man. And um, I did have a, a fan issue, though. My fan quit working. And uh, so, uh, you know, I didn't get to ride much there. But I did yeah. finish out my runs. Now, the second run, Friday, I ended up third. Mm-hmm. Um and then Saturday's first run, I uh, jumped this little step up, same step up I lost tire steering on. I jumped it, broke a kingpin, tie rod kingpin. Yeah, yikes. And when it did, it slammed my rear end over onto the ground, and it broke an axle stub shaft off, and my rear wheel fell off. <laughs> you just can't catch brakes here, can you? So, yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know if that that was a... Like I said, rust was a weekend before, and I, you know it was, we were pretty rough on the bike. It may have been cracked. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'm sure it was. And um, we got all that fixed up thanks to Wyatt. Wyatt Wilson had some extra parts and everything, and mm-hmm. you know, I ended up winning the fourth run. Uh, edged out Nathan for like by some milliseconds, mm-hmm. and. Um, so I don't know where that put me for the weekend. Uh, you know, I had a last or a, a DNF, and then uh, I had two good runs. So I don't, I don't know where I ended up, but yeah, it didn't go very well. That's all right, man. That's 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 all right because obviously I think you're coming back next year, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm building a new chassis this winter, and um, give her a go again. You know, I'm too addicted to it, man. It's like. You gotta, <laughs> 
So, uh, so let, me, let me ask you this uh, real quick. Um, if you're going to, you know, you have this little bit of off time. Well, let me ask you this. After the finals, are you doing any more races this year? Man, my bike's toasted. Probably not. <laughs> All right, that makes that makes sense. That's a good that's a good reason. Um, uh, sorry, my, my I'm in the same room with my dogs. My dog just knocked over a table and it scared him. Scared me too. Um, but uh, so you have you have the whole off season. What's your plans for the off season? You're going to build a new chassis. What are you going to do different other than give yourself some leg room? Uh, probably do. Uh the hydro steering. Okay. Um, now, what is the hydro steering for for those who don't know? Man, I don't even know, really. <laughs> That's all right. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna let Pilgrim build my lower mm-hmm. and um, put his hydro steering set up on it that he's coming out with. I don't know if it's been announced yet, so I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut on that. But. Yeah. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> well, either way, that's exciting. It seems like, uh, you know, with Shock Therapy's rack that came out that's a, a million dollars, uh, it seems like steering is now finally being addressed because after so long, you know, these cars that are having such issues steering, especially when you guys are all locked up in the front, like you said earlier, uh, it's going to be it's gonna be cool to see what, what could happen when people can actually, you know, have a reliable steering system. So shout out to the guy building it. Hopefully it, uh, you know, stays together and everything goes well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I just can't I can't say I don't want to have to buy a new rack, you know, every year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Shock therapy rack. I bought it. It's new. It's got this season on it, and I've I've taken it apart several times, cleaned it, greased it, like you know, every every run, you know, every event, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's wore out. It's it's got all kinds of slop in it. So for a thousand bucks, I can't justify it. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I, I heard uh, Michael Lee, who, who races Ultra 4, he also mentioned, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Michael, that's not you. Uh, I don't know who it was. But he mentioned that he's been through a couple. or uh, And, and everyone, everyone that I've talked to here recently is like, Super ATV, you know, they're all going to get slopped. You might as well pay, you know, somewhere in the middle and just deal with it. So, like I said, hopefully uh, hopefully your buddy, you know, has the solution and has something that can uh, withstand the brutal force that you guys put it under. Oh uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be the same setup as Cash is running, uh, but it'll have a lock and it'll have a center. It'll go back center. Oh, that's you know, cool. Cash is, Cash is, I don't think his steer is center. Yeah, so yeah. He's got a, he's got a rack set up that and and a hydro <laughs> set up. It all goes in one somehow or another. I don't I'm not sure, but well, you find it. Will, it will. Steer just like a brand new pickup. That's all awesome. the time. So that's awesome. Um, so, so what else is? I mean, what else is left for you? What are your thoughts right now on on how the sport's going? Um, you know, what do you think about the you know other drivers? Is, is the competition good? Are the cars holding up? What are you thinking about the sport right now? Um, yeah, competition's good. Stacked. I mean, at any given time, anybody could win. Um, the sport, I think, I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed in the sport, really. What you mean? I, I don't think that the drivers should have all the fees that the drivers have. They, we, 
we tear up our stuff. We put on the show. We we do this. We go to the races. We we spend bukus and bukus of money and take sacrifices, and we still got these high ass entry fees. We still got, you know, we don't we don't hardly get any credit for what we do, and it's just promoters are making money, mm-hmm. and you know they some of them aren't paying out half of what they make, mm. if any of what they make. And it's just, it's, I think the spectators should be bringing in the money and the racers putting on the show and, and getting something for it or get, maybe getting paid to come to the event, you know? Yeah, yeah. So so what do you, you know, that being said, uh, obviously entry entry fees are in the, in the you know, hundreds of dollars, and you can correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, you know, drivers do make a big commitment. One person who always, uh, always, you know, not let it be known, but you know, has kind of shed some light on that. Is, is Will Stewart? He he's done a couple of videos over the past year that basically says, "Hey, this is what it costs for me to come race, you know, and fuel and getting ready and this and that." And, and I'll be honest with you, I I didn't thought much about all of the other things that go into racing until I heard that. And then you know, I'm kind of hearing it more and more that uh, you know the sport's growing. You know, uh, it, it's a it's a big question mark on you know how how can uh, how can the sport feed the people that feed the sport and, and those people are the drivers? You know, how, how can you service the drivers better? So I think it's a big question. Uh, you know, again, do you, do you have any suggestions other than, you know, uh, like a, obviously, I think you mentioned uh, either lower to no entry fees, uh, and you also mentioned, you know, possibly even paying drivers just to be there. Um, do you have anything else you'd, you'd have in mind? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a, an accountant or anything, but mm-hmm. you know, I think the spectators are going to come if we're putting on a good show. I mean, the spectators are going to come. I think that should that should cover a lot of everybody's expenses. Yeah, especially I, I, when they're charging. You know, like a buddy of mine come to uh, Bikini Bottoms and he brought his two two kids that were you know seven eight years old, and it cost them 150 bucks, 160 bucks to get in. Wow, that's a lot. You know, that that right there, you know, that's that's a lot of money when you add in three thousand people. Yeah, it sure is. And it sounds like the crowds at these races are just getting, you know, there's just more and more people showing up. Um, so I, I I didn't realize it was that expensive, but I guess I get it. It's the finals. Uh, maybe it's pro- it's probably the most expensive race of the year. Um, you know, I, I would imagine. I don't have, you know, those listening. Don't have the numbers in front of me. Don't hold me to that word. I'm not sure, um, but yeah, it, that is definitely something to be thought of because uh, you know there's no every race I go to, uh, which is few and far between here in the last year, but uh, it's definitely packed out for sure. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's getting bigger, you know, and it's, it's like almost it's almost like it's a damn, you know, rich man sport. It's, <laughs> you know, it seems that way sometimes. Like, yeah. I'm, yeah, you, you definitely have to have the budget to play the game, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let me ask you this. Future of the sport, though, all of those things aside, where do you see the future of this going? Um, I think my listeners have, have heard me kind of talk about it before. Um, I think the future is in the endurance side, uh, you know, in terms of getting more drivers in the door and, and even, uh, you know, what's going to grow and, and what's going to take off, I, you know. Uh, I'll say it again, endurance is, I think, where it's going. But what do you think about the future and the growth of the sport? Uh, I don't think endurance. Endurance 
and spectators don't mix. I agree with that for sure. I agree with that. I, mean, I think if, if it's more like the Monster Jam, you know, they, the people are gonna come pay to see that show and, and shit get tore up and things like that. You know, more bursts can't see nothing but the driver yeah. go by every once in a while you know yeah and and uh i guess i guess what i was kind of getting at was in terms of getting more people uh more drivers in the door more racers on there yeah, sponsors and things like that yeah maybe endurance uh mm-hmm. i'm it man it's hard to say on that on that subject i don't know yeah i don't i'm not much of an endurance guy i haven't had a bike to do it i would love to do it uh well, who knows? You might have somebody reach out after the podcast, and uh, you know, you never know what can happen. I always, always, always will tell people, never know what can happen. Don't, don't close the doors and don't burn the bridges because somebody may come up to you one day and uh, ask you to do something you never thought they'd ask you to do, like race their car or something like that. I've, I've seen it before. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. that being said, you know, what do you think about? Obviously, Hill Killing will always be the show. Um, that's kind of how I, I, I answer that. You know where you think the future of the sports going? Hill killing is what draws the crowds. Uh, where do you think the future of, of these hills go? Because, like you mentioned earlier, um, it, it's hard finding the right hill between impossible and a challenge. And you know what, what's next? Because these machines are just getting more and more capable, more and more horsepower. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I'd like to see. I'd like to see the sport. Like, or I say that I'd like to see it get back into the woods. What do you mean by the woods? Uh, you know, everybody seems like they're going towards the spectator viewing area. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, there's only so many of them. You know, like we've already run most of them, and it's, yeah. like, you keep run, you keep running them and running them and running them. You know, I just like to see it get back in the woods where you go out, and you find a good hill, and you know the spectators got to get there. Yeah, you know? yeah, and I think uh, I think a lot of the weight really is going to come down to the off-road parks. Uh, you know, I think yeah. the off-road parks are going to step up and. Either you know make those hills that are in the woods a little bit more spectator friendly, um, or I've even you know said it before artificial hills. Uh, it'd be pretty nasty. Like uh, I know they have Fable Hill, but uh, you could definitely build some hills for sure. You know. Yeah, but that's you know that's not natural. No, I, I hey I agree with you uh, because there's something to be said about climbing on the side of a mountain versus something that. Uh, Something that's not exactly real, and and shout out to Bikini Bottoms for for making that first jump at that area too, because um, I know when Fable Hill was just getting built, uh, there was a lot of people excited about it, really really excited about it. Yeah, yeah, I get, I don't know, but that, you know, driver point of view, I don't think the man-made hills is is uh, going to make it there. I don't think so. Okay. Nobody, nobody wants to climb a man-made hill. Yeah, I get, hey, I get that. I get that for sure. Um, so let me ask you this too, because I think that this kind of ties in uh, from from where the sport started, where it was just people trail riding, and they went out on a weekend and they found a hard hill, and everybody had their buggies out there, and everybody was out there just hanging out, and that you know it started by that that kind of well, who can climb the hill the fastest? You know, do you think that trail riding? Because none of these guys trail ride anymore. Um, you know, you've mentioned that you don't because you got to hold the bike together. But you, you love to. Uh, it seems like people don't trail ride anymore, just because they don't trail ride anymore. They, you know, it's, it's a race. You know, race rigs only. It's a strenuous race season. Uh, do you think that 
those hills that you're talking about deep in the woods, you know, they're kind of getting lost because trail riding's getting lost. Mm. No, they're, the, the, the hills deep in the woods aren't lost. They're still there. You know, it's just like, yeah, I, I know, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's, it, it is, it's part, big part of it's just, you know, not trail riding is the season. I mean, it's in a race back to back weekends usually. I think the last two or three months of the season, it was a, every weekend it was an event and you just don't have time. And then when you do have time, it's off season and you gotta either rebuild a whole new car or, you know, saving money to get your rig back up to level and working capability. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I get that. I don't know. Only time I did go trail riding this year is when we went to Winrock and we run a Pro Rocks event. And we, uh, you know, after the event, we we went trail riding for a little bit for well, all night, and it was a uh, it was a good time. You know, it's the first time I really got to trail ride my a buggy, you know, I've had a buggy. What'd you think about it on the trail? Man, I was putting it in some crazy positions. <laughs> that's <laughs> I, awesome, know, man. That's when you need, that's when somebody needs to bust out the phone, man. Yeah, no, just, just see, it's just, you know, that seat time that you don't get on the track, you know, like. Yeah. Good time with your buddies and stuff and just don't care. Yeah, it's not a competition. You don't care. You're not time limited. You can put yourself in these spots and don't have to worry about you know it's just it's fun and it it may be going back trail riding trail ride revolution man you know <laughs> yeah no i see it i i've seen it and that's why i want to i want to talk to people about it it's just because uh it it is a little different these days and uh i'd, I'd miss the videos just of people trail riding before i even i started in jeeps and i built my jeep because i wanted to go trail ride with people and uh, I did a shoot for Spike TV when I was in college, and it was uh, the oh man, um, the Avenger buggy was out there, and we trail rode with the Avenger buggy, a bunch of Jeeps, the Avenger buggy. Man, it was just like uh, that was that was one of those you know dream come true moments where you built your Jeep and you finally got to go do something cool with it. But uh, I, I feel you, man. Trail riding, trail riding needs to make a comeback. I, I would be curious, and, and the reason I ask all these questions about where you think the sport's going is uh you know there's there's got to be some kind of cross between the race community and trail riding because it used to be all trail riding it's kind of all race now and there's got to be some kind of middle ground there so that people will stay in the sport because you know if you race every weekend it makes you want to jump out of a window because <laughs> all the things that you mentioned earlier but you know if you trail ride there's always that little bit of competition you want for it and i'm i'm always curious when they're going to nail down you know that that happy medium somewhere and I don't know the answer and I don't know the answer. If any, the promoters are going to ask me, I don't know. I don't have any ideas, but that's, uh, that's up to y'all. But, uh, this kind of, it's kind of, you know, that's kind of all the questions I had for you. Uh, I wanted to ask you, is there anybody or, well, first off, is there anything else that you want to talk about while I got you? Mm, no, I can't think of nothing. Uh, No man, I'm I'm good, I guess. Well cool, cool. I think we hit a <laughs> what was that? I said I was just answering questions. Yeah, no, it's good, man. It's good. We're just we're just, like I said, we're just talking. Uh 
I think it's pretty good. Got a got a really wide grasp on you. Um, I'm definitely going to have you on the show again because um, after it's all said and done, uh, you know, I gotta I gotta hear some of the stories that that kind of have been around because, like I said, I'm just getting to meet everybody, and I know my listeners want to know all the stories too. Uh, but is there anybody company wise, friends wise, anything like that you want to give a shout out to while I got you? Oh uh, sure, man. Uh, like I said earlier, Cora. I like think Cora. Uh, Joey, Trip, Clyde, all the promoter stuff. Um, appreciate y'all and, uh, appreciate you off road. Russell always takes care of me. Uh, questions asked on any clutching belts, anything like that. Um, Bob at SCR. Um, he's supposed to be building me a set of bill steams this winter and, uh, Excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny Bell, KB3. He's always taking care of me on my drive lines since the first one I got from him. Uh, appreciate it. L&W Fab. Picked up, picked up L&W Fab this, this, uh, this year and, man, they've been more than, more than happy to help me and, and yeah, they changed. Yeah. Changed some of their products for me, um, so shout out to them. Yeah, uh, big shout out to them because I, I actually I have never bought from them. Don't have any personal experience, but I, I see racers all the time. They're like, hey, you know, they watched me on a video break this weekend, and Levi gave him a call, and he was like, let me get you know what parts you need. I think that that's like way out of the way customer service right there. So. Uh, I, I, they're not a sponsor. I, I don't even use them personally, but from what I've seen, man, good good for you, Levi. Uh, keep up the good work, but I'll, I'll let you continue. I just wanted to throw that in there because anytime you see good customer service, you want to give it a shout out. Oh yeah, oh, I mean that. So yeah, shout out to L&W. Man, they don't have hassle free. Don't don't have to send in no warranty claim work or this that and the other, and and I have to argue about getting something that's bent warranty. Or you know, just no questions asked. Here you go. Thank you. What can we can we do anything to change the product to make it stronger? They so shout out to them. Um, Savage Raps hooked me up on my rap this this uh, year and hopefully next year. So shout out to Heath. Um, per- performance side by side Bush and James Shelley. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he's. Same thing as L&W, man. He's always wanting to better his product. If anything you can do to to better anything, he's taking into consideration. And they're going to try some new stuff next year on my new bike. So shout out to James, um, Turner. Um, that's about it, man. Well, cool, man. Cool. Uh, I, w- I want to say uh, thanks for being on the show. Uh, thank you, everybody, for putting up for my with my, my voice and my coughing this episode. Uh, I know, like I said, people were excited about this one. Um, I, uh, I enjoy talking to you, and like I said, I'm going to have to have you back on the show, but um, if you'll hang around for just a second, we'll go ahead and close it out, and uh, we will talk, and I'll, uh, I'll get you all caught up. But, DC, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, man, thank you. Have a good one. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, today's show, again, is brought to you by Pack Racing Springs. You can find Pack at RacingSprings.com. Discount code ROR on their website for 10% off your entire order. Um, I will pimp it out again, as always, the Trail Series kit. Uh, I run it on my car. 
I'm, I'm on my personal car, not even the race rig anymore. Um, it's going to be my personal car and I'm going to keep that kit on there because it is such a improvement over the stock tender spring situation to move to a true, true dual rate system, uh, changes the entire setup of the car. Uh, those kits include crossover rings, sliders, everything you would need to make your car race ready and also everything you'll need to make your car the most comfortable that it can be. Um, tell them Racing on the Rocks since you give them a call and just talk to them and so they can get something figured out for your specific application. Uh, I really have, again, I'll just say it all the time, a lot of love for the customer service department and uh, Chris was awesome in helping me out and getting my system sorted out. I know that he'll be the same for you. Uh, and that's RacingSprings.com with over a hundred years of made in the USA spring technology, whether it's sway bar, springs, shock tuning, everything, they do it all in house and they're the closest and the best provider on the East coast to date. Also Inf uh, infinite off-road is another great resource that we have for the show. Infiniteoffroad.com. They have wheel rings, light bars, light pods, mirrors with lights in them. They have everything you can think in terms of lighting, rock lights, uh, all the solutions are there, and they've been great to the show. And uh, if you guys know Mike or see Mike floating around on the Infinite Off-Road Facebook page, uh, his customer service is unparalleled. Highly recommend doing business with them. They offer listeners of the show 10% off with code ROCKS, R-O-C-K-S. Um, all Things UTV is also a sponsor of the show. If you need anything else, axles, drivetrain, accessories, uh, tuning, clutches, everything in, in between, uh, All Things UTV is going to be your go-to they're great guys to deal with. Dustin and his team got it figured out. They can get you something overnighted if you want it. I've seen people in Moab before, you know, breaking axles or diffs and what have you, and he is always ready and can overnight just about anything. Uh, he, he's the first one out there that's like, you know what, I got you. Uh, should be squared away, and, and it should be sent overnight. Uh, a lot of good customer service from those guys. So thanks for listening to the show. Uh, I really appreciate everybody. And uh, if you guys enjoyed the episode, uh, leave us five stars. Leave us a review on Apple. It really helps us out. Thanks.